sitting in your car at a crossroads or a four-way stop, or standing on the sidewalk in front of a street with two possible routes and no idea which way is going to get you where you need to go. You want to take the right street. You want to reach that final destination. But is it left? Do I go right? How do we know which is the right way to go? Well, you pull up Google Maps and it's going to tell you. So maybe the real life question and application isn't as relatable because today we have an app that tells us exactly where we need to go. But if only we had a Google Maps app for life, the app would be called The Way, The Truth, and The Life with the tagline, no more discernment needed. Let (laughs) Jesus's app tell you what to do. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) That would take a lot of our prayer and our growth and our trust in the Lord out of our life that we experience when we have to make these difficult decisions. And as much as we sometimes dislike making choices that are going to lead us down an unknown path, the process and the decision are important to our lives and our growth and how God is going to work in us. This discernment is a common problem, whether it's um, the big V vocation, you know, who are we going to marry? Should I join religious life? Or where do I go to college? Or maybe it's a career change or, you know, a big family move, whatever it is. A common problem among the faithful is that we're striving for holiness. And when we are confronted with a hard decision, we want to follow God's will. But his will isn't always clear. And so in this episode, Fred and I want to share a few practical strategies and tips to kind of help us in those moments where we are met with two options on a path and we need to choose one. And we're also going to share some of those moments in our own lives. And so first, I think um, we need to kind of lay some groundwork to work with. And to do that, we turn, as we always should turn, to the church. And St. Ignatius of Loyola is one of the greatest saints of the church who handles this topic so well. So Fred, I want to give it to you to explain his two keys that he gives to consider how to make a good choice and um, how to follow God when we're striving to in that decision making. Kara, this you can't go wrong following the advice of St. Ignatius of Loyola. And I know I've had, especially within the past few years, a lot of big decisions I've had to make in my own life. And St. Ignatius of Loyola, his words really just stand out to me, and it's this. And really, if you were to sum up everything we're going to talk about today, you could probably do it with with just this phrase. Like, if this is the only thing you took away from the episode today, um, you'd be doing just fine. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, hit stop and go listen to a different podcast. You got everything you need. But um, enough stalling. What is that phrase? St. Ignatius of Loyola says, To make a good choice, our intentions ought to be simple. Only looking at what we were created for, namely the praise of God our Lord and the salvation of our souls. So I ought to choose and whatever I may do, that which may help me fulfill that end for which I'm created. So he's really putting as the two primary things in in governing our decisions the purpose for which we were created, the praise of God and the salvation of souls, especially our souls. Yeah, and I think you, you know, St. Ignatius gets at the heart of it. I was just going to say, you get at the heart of it, but we're taking this from from the saint. (laughs) That we always, when we're making a decision, we always should have the end in mind. And so when I read that, I always go to the first paragraph of the catechism. I love this paragraph and I love it because 
There was one time where Fred did this reflection where he replaces the word man with your name. And it's just so beautiful. And like, so that kind of made me fall in love with the first paragraph <laughs> of the catechism. But St. Ignatius says, looking at what we were created for. And the catechism says, God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to share in his own blessed life. That's what we are created for. God freely created us to share in his own blessed life. And that's eternal life. And so our decision-making and our discernment should, yes, it should take into account, as St. Ignatius said, the praise of our Lord and the salvation of souls. But it's for the end. Like, that's our intention. Mm -hmm. It's for what we were created for. And we were created for this beautiful end to sharing God's blessed life. And ultimately, that's in heaven. So I want to point to something that we have that can help us in our discernment that many people do not have, and that's the Catholic Church. Because Scripture says in 2 Thessalonians, it says, Brethren, stand firm and hold to the tradition which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Word of mouth is tradition, and letter is Scripture. And so we look to divine revelation. We look to the tradition of the church and the words of Christ in Scripture to help us in our decision-making. And this is something I, I absolutely, truly, genuinely love about the Catholic Church, is that Jesus set forth a structure of authority in the church. And I know that's kind of like a gross word these days is authority. <laughs> and I'm going to throw out another one, governance, yuck. <laughs> but they're so, they're so beautiful when looked at in the eyes that Christ truly designed it for because the church is guided by the Holy Spirit and one of the roles and we see this in the teachings of the church we see this in the catechism one of the roles of the church is to govern and I want to point out the connection between parenthood because as a mom I did not have children so that I could govern them. I did not have children to have this almighty reign of authority over top of them and make all of their decisions and govern their life. That's not why I became a mom. I became a mom because I had this profound love for my husband and God blessed us and made that love flesh and we gave it a name. I had a child because I wanted to raise that child and love that child and guide that child and help get that child to heaven. That's my vocation as a mother is to get that child to heaven. So all of the, quote, governance that I have over my children is because I love them. It's the same with the church. All of the authority and governance the church has over us, given by Christ, is out of love. The church guides us in such this beautiful way, giving us the moral teachings or the commandments of God because she loves us and we follow them because we love her. That's our response back. Because God wants so deeply for us to be in heaven with him and so he gives us this plan for how to live our life and help us get to heaven. And so that's something I really, truly appreciate and love about the Catholic Church is that it gives us guidance in making decisions. And I think particularly when we're choosing between something that is clearly a good versus an evil. God's will is never going to be the evil. And mm -hmm. so if it's not permitted by the church, that's not God's will. And the same would go like if you were choosing between an evil and an evil. Obviously, both of those are not going to be God's will. Right. And in this sense, God's will is always clear on yeah, those particular matters. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Always. The church tells you what it is. Right. And Kara, as, as you're talking, I find great peace, great comfort in this, because if there's anything my life has taught me, it is I don't trust myself to make good decisions. Yeah. 
I routinely have fallen short, and I think anyone who's honest with themselves uh, will admit that. St. Paul, again, going back to that, St. <laughs> Paul is an example of many things, including that that humility, that willingness to recognize that, wow, I mess up. Yeah. And so I, I think this is why I'm so grateful that we do have scripture. We do have tradition. We do have the magisterium mm-hmm. to help steer us in the right direction. Uh, and that's very much what it does. You know, it steers us in the right direction. I can think of a few times in my life, too, where I have intentionally prayed to God. And I was like, can you just send me like this big blinking sign and give mm-hmm. me the answer to my question? And obviously that's not how it works. But a lot of the times I would open up my Bible and it's like, oh, and that was his answer. Right. So we have to remember that scripture is timeless and it is God's word and it speaks life into every moment of history. And so looking to that is a very practical tip to helping in our discernment. Yeah. And it's interesting here that John Paul II and Fides et Ratio, he says that the sin of Adam and Eve was actually thinking themselves, thinking high, too highly of themselves in the sense that they could make a decision apart from God. Mm. And so again, that's just a reminder that in making our decisions, we need God's guidance, which is, yeah. it's beautiful that he's given us the church. So obviously that's our first, maybe second, really big tip for this topic is look to the church, look to scripture, look to Christ. So I mentioned that a lot of times that we're presented in our in our decision making with a good and an evil or an evil and evil. And again, the church and scripture, they help us to know which one is God's will, because obviously God is always going to want the good for us. But I think more often the decisions that we are presented with are a good and a good. I saw this within my own life as well. So like it could be something as simple as a job change. It's like the current job that you have might be great and this other job might be great. None of nothing about that is sinful. So how do I determine which one is God's will? And so in my own life, I I had this difficult decision that I was kind of discerning and it was a career change. Well, I shouldn't say career change. I was still going to be working for the church, still going to be working in ministry, but it was to switch to a different emphasis in a parish. And part of me was like, okay, this would be something that I know I would enjoy. I would love working directly with people. Um, You know, going back to St. Ignatius, it would be for the glory of God. It would help save souls because that's my goal in ministry. And so there is that good there. My intention is for the end. So how do I know if I should stay or if I should go? And I think this is so often um, a common difficulty among our discernment is that both options seem good. Both options could be God's will. And so I want to point out that it's not necessarily evil tempting us towards a good, but I think the devil will allow a good to happen if it prevents a greater good. So what do I mean by that? If I were to have moved jobs and gone to a parish, there would have been good there. There would have been um, different ministry efforts. There would have been you know, attempts to impact people's life. I'm not going to say it would impact people's life because only God <laughs> would know that. But there would have been good done there. However, in staying, Fred and I became best friends. In staying, we started draw near. If I had left, none of the things that have happened in the past several years would have happened. And we kind of alluded to it in our episode 
the four people you need in your life. Like this was that decision where I was like, Brett, I want you to help me. Like, tell me what you think. Uh, And it was that that invited him into, you know, take on that role of Paul. And that really kind of sparked that friendship. And that friendship has led to a lot of different things in our current ministry. And so it really was kind of a, a hard decision to discern. But I have no doubt now looking back on it that staying was 100% the will of God, 100%. I think the thing that that took that to the next level of, of knowing that was taking it to the Blessed Sacrament. I'm a very practical person, and so I sit down and I write a pros and cons list, and that is a really good tip to write a, sit down, write a pros and cons list. That's great. And then I took it to the Blessed Sacrament because when I finally allowed myself to say, God, I don't think I want this job. It was like an immediate weight was just taken off of my shoulders and I felt so at peace. And so I asked God, like, if this is truly what you want, please affirm this in in giving me peace. And he continued to give me peace. And so I knew that that was the right decision. And so I, I withdrew my application. But I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but I think so often we are presented with two goods. And it's it's hard to know which one is going to be the will of the Father. Yeah, I think, I think Kara, that is oftentimes why we struggle so much with anxiety and making decisions. Yeah. Because they both seem so good. We want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, yeah. at the end of our lives. Yeah. And, and I don't know if this is true for you, Kara, but I think a lot of times it's true for me. Some of that anxiety about making a decision is also wanting to get out of making the decision yeah like god just tell me like i don't want to have to decide just tell me right but again going back to the beginning there's always that point where we have to make a decision and uh, kara you certainly did obviously in hindsight it was a good decision none of you would be listening uh to this right (laughs) now had it been different so you have to make a decision you really do and every decision is going to cost you something but every decision that you don't make is also going to cost you something. So Right. Well, okay, so I I graduated my undergraduate and I had a business degree. So when you say that like every decision is going to cost you something, I think of opportunity cost. So opportunity cost is like <laughs> if I choose to spend my $3 on this Snicker bar, I can't I can't buy that Propel. So the Propel mm. is my opportunity cost. But you're exactly right, Fred. So if, if, you know, you choose to enter religious life, your opportunity cost or your your sacrifice in a more spiritual sense is getting married and having family. Or if you, you know, you're a priest, it's being a father, but you gain so much in being a spiritual father. If I choose to get married, there is a sacrifice in, in, in married life as well as mm. in not doing something else. And so, you're, yeah, you're right, Fred. There's always going to be a cost. Yeah. But there's going to be greater joy when we follow the will of God. Amen. Kara, as you're describing that, I'm thinking, and we've mentioned this in a previous episode, maybe we can link it in the show notes, but in my own conversion of leading, you know, preparing to be a Protestant pastor, being active in a, in a you know, Protestant ministry, but feeling that tug toward the Catholic faith. And yeah. the longer I drug my feet, the harder it got. You know, and, and it came, mm-hmm. there was that, that moment where I had to make a decision. And, and the last thing that kind of kept me, it wasn't anything doctrinal. It was, Lord, I believe you've called me to be a pastor. Yeah. Uh, I'm married and I have children. The last I checked, 
Catholic priests, Catholic pastors in that sense cannot be married and have children. And I realized, you know, that, and again, I think this is where the church's guidance is helpful. Those who know the Catholic Church is the means of salvation. I don't remember the exact phrase from the catechism, and refuse to enter, cannot be saved. And I just kept thinking about that, and it kept just, <laughs> it was just kind of, and finally I said, you know, yes, Lord. Um, yeah. And then sacrificing that, what I thought was the will of God in that particular instance, and praying that God would affirm it with that sense of peace that you described. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that brought me such a peace, such a, there, there was a lot of consolation that, that I've made the right decision, despite the fact that it cost something. It right. cost friendships. It cost relationships. In a certain way, it was a bit of a career suicide, <laughs> you know, yeah. at mm-hmm. least for a time, at least for a time. And, and Kara, as you know, my process of coming into the Catholic Church, um, that first year going through RCIA, I was just plagued by all kinds of health struggles it it became a joke you know that's how I cope with everything is with a sense of humor and so everybody joined me in this joke you know you sure you want to be Catholic you know uh, as I'm sitting in a ER with a uh, IV for pain you sure you want to do this Catholic thing yes yes I do no matter the cost Um, and and here I am today you know so um, it's always going to cost but so does not making the decision Well, and I would say your testimony and several in Scripture point to the fact that God's will is not always going to be the easy path. I mean, look at Jesus in the agony in the garden. His path was definitely not easy, but it was affirmed that it was God's will. You know, look at all of the apostles. They gave up a lot, and they, you know, they changed the world, but they were martyred. Look at St. Paul. He was a high-level Pharisee, and he gave up all of that to preach Christ crucified. I think that is something that really resonates with me because when we're discerning and we're asking God, show us your will, so often it's like, well, everything's laid out over here. Everything seems super easy over here. That must be it. But that's not always the case because Matthew, I mean, the gospel of Matthew tells us the way is difficult and the path is narrow that leads to eternal life. Now, that doesn't mean you should, like, hang out in suffering forever because eventually, like I said, God's will is going to bring about joy. But we shouldn't rely on, you know, our own desire to follow an easy path and our own desire to have everything laid out, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, and Kara, I I would agree. I think, and and many saints would say this as well, Mm -hmm. oftentimes when presented with two paths, it's the more difficult path <laughs> that yeah. is actually the right one. Yeah. That's certainly been my experience. Right. And I think this is also where we have so much anxiety. We're so afraid in taking that step of making that decision. We're so afraid to make the wrong decision Yeah. that it, it in some ways cripples us in fear. And uh, I know, Kara, you talk about this coming. Everybody comes to those forks in the road. I mean, we can all relate to it. In a car. I mean, if anybody's ever driven, you've come to a four-way stop. And you have to choose which way you're going to go. And I think it's easier when when we're driving or when we don't know the way. Because we just pull up Google Maps and it's like, you know, three lefts and you're there. But we don't have that in our own life. We don't have an app that's going to tell us, use Jesus's app and you don't ever have to discern again. 
that's not a benefit to us because in our discernment process, we come to trust in the Lord and we come to know the Lord better and what he calls forth from us in our life. And so we are always going to have choices to make in our life. We're always going to have forks in the road. C.S. Lewis says this right at the beginning of his book, The Great Divorce. He says, you will walk along the path and you'll come to a fork and you'll make a decision. And then along that path, there's another fork and another fork. And that's our life. We are, we are presented daily with decisions that we have to make. And I think something that I find great comfort in is that I look back at my life and I'm like, ooh, I took the wrong path there many, many times. But somehow... God worked in all of that to get me here. Mm. And so the comfort that I take in that is that even if I chose the wrong path here at point A, and then I got back on track at point B, and a little bit down the line at point E, I took the wrong path again. There's always going to be several opportunities to get back on the right path that God has for us. Because as much as we're sitting here and we're talking about, you know, sometimes we have anxiety because we really want to follow the will of God. Guess what? God wants you to follow the will of God right. way yeah. more than we want to yeah. follow the will of God because he wants you in heaven with him more mm. than we want to be in heaven with him. So yeah. he's going to give you opportunity after opportunity to get to where you are supposed to go and what will get you to heaven. Kara, I think a great way to illustrate this, and this was kind of the, the fruit of my own prayer about this at one point in my life, was if you picture uh, you you have to make a decision, and really you could even apply this picturing your whole life of making decisions but let's say picture a map you're here and you're trying to get there and you set out on the path from here to there there being ultimately God's you know perfect will for your life many times rather than just being that straight line our experience of following the Lord is kind of a a wiggling back and forth along yeah. that line. But it's a, I'm swerving right, then I'm swerving, swerving left. I might spin a few circles here, and then, <laughs> then I'm going to get back on track, and then I'm going to go to the right, and then I'm going to go to the left. But eventually, I'm going to get to that place where when I look back on my life and I look about at all those decisions that I've had to make in following the Lord, when I look back, I'm not going to see the path that was swerving, the path that was straying, you know, the path that was right and then left, I'm only going to see the straight line. Yeah. Because in all of those things, my intention, my heart was to follow the will of God. And God is always leading us on that path. And he's given us the, the tools. He's given us our intellect and will. And he's given us scripture and tradition. He's given us the, the ability of our own reason. He's given us right. the gift of the Holy Spirit in, the, in prayer. He's given us all these things to help us stay along that path. So if, if, if this is resonating with you and you're worried about taking the wrong next step, I encourage you to spend some time reflecting on, and on just this point. This speaks to a common saying I feel like a lot of times you hear when you're making decisions, and it's, if we're willing to do God's will, we will. If you're willing to do God's will, you will. I agree with this, but it also can't be a cop-out. It, mm-hmm. There has to be this intentionality and this action on our part, whether that is to form ourselves with the church's teaching and with scripture so that we have the word of God in our ear when we're making decisions. I think that is probably the biggest thing so we can form our in- intellect and be able to make those right decisions. Mm-hmm. But I, I think ultimately it's, uniting ourselves to God 
because it's in that that we're like, okay, God, I want to do your will. And you're giving him room to work, even if we accidentally mess up. And I really, it really resonates with me, Fred, what you said. Like, I think back to my life and in specific moments, it seems super overwhelming. Choosing what college to go to, choosing what job to take, going to that college. It was like I had all these different options and it was super stressful to pick one. And I didn't know if I made the right decision in the moment, but choosing that college led me to a ministry opportunity. And that led me to my spouse, but I didn't know until a year later. And that led me to the job I have now. You know, like all of it really flows, but in the moment it just seems like this windy path. And you get to where God God wants you. And you look back and you're like, it all falls together. It all makes so much sense. And so this was me in these moments of decisions where I was very, very anxious because I wanted so badly to not make a mistake. And so I don't know if that's anybody out there who is stressing out because you so badly want to follow the will of God, but take comfort in knowing that if you want to follow the will of God, you're going to follow his will yeah. Or, yeah. or he's going to pull you where he needs you no matter what. Right. If you have that active submission of your will to to God, he will work in that. And everything that you're doing now, it will lead you to where he wants. And you're, you're not going to see it. You're not going to know how it all falls together until you're there. Yeah. And your responsibility is just the next step. Yeah. It really is that simple. It's just you're responsible for the next step. Yeah. And even if you make the wrong decision, the Lord will still be with you and God will get you back on track. So one of the scripture passages I think that really emphasizes this point, Kara, it's one of my longtime favorite scripture passages is Romans 8:28, And it says this, it says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. So when you love God, when you are striving to do his will, you can be at peace and you don't have to worry that there's no way you're going to somehow screw everything up, for lack of a better way of putting right. it. Right. You are not going to fall so short that you're going to completely miss the plan of God for your life. That, that is not how this works. Right. Uh, we have a loving, merciful God who has given us intellect and will, and he's, he's working through us. He's trying to help guide us. He's given us, go back and, look and listen to our guardian angel episode we did. He's given us all this help, and yet so important is his desire for intimacy and communion, relationship with us, that he's not going to let that decision you make hinder that. Right. He's always going to, just as the scripture passage says, he's going to work for the good. So you said, like, you know, when you have that sense of peace, Fred. So I have heard it said in, uh, in other conversations about discernment and, and making decisions that we shouldn't rely on our emotions. So, I mean, what do you say to that? Because we, we both talked about anxiety and peace. Mm -hmm. I would say, generally speaking, in my own life, if I were to make decisions in moments where I felt the most frustrated or uh, upset, then I would have made a heck of a lot of bad decisions. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, why St. Ignatius tells us don't make big life changes in moments of desolation. So mm -hmm. to put it in a military way, old orders stand till new orders are given. Um, <laughs> you know, 
just because you're experiencing frustration doesn't mean that's not where God wants you. Right. Um, I'm sure Christ was, was frustrated by what he saw around him. I, I think turning tables over in the temple was a bit of frustration. It didn't mean it was time for him to move on and do something else and care. I've had those moments and you know where I felt like, am I really making a difference? Maybe yeah. I should go do something else. The enemy of our souls, that's exactly what he wants. So I think in that sense, we have to be careful of our feelings. Our feelings can lead us astray. If you remember the spiritual warfare episode we did, you know, the enemy of our souls has access to our emotions uh, and can help to lead us astray. At the same time, I do think it's a good thing, uh, like in the example you gave, Kara, Mm -hmm. to say, you know, Lord... I've, I've discerned this. I, I've gone through all these steps. And we'll, we'll lay out some steps here in a moment of making a decision. To once you have made a decision, ask God to affirm that with a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfectly okay. Well, I think back even to the account I shared of when I applied for a different job. It was 100% a time of desolation in my life where mm-hmm. I I felt like I was probably being influenced by outside forces telling me like you're worthless you're not making a difference you should probably move somewhere else where you're going to make a difference so I was like oh okay I'm going to apply for a different job and so I 100% agree with you Fred that it's I would say it's so key not to change where God has called you in moments where we're struggling in moments of desolation because I think it can lead us astray and exactly like what you said the devil's going to use those moments where we Mm -hmm. feel weak and he's going to lead us away from where God has called us. And I think one of the best pieces of advice I have ever gotten was from my spiritual director, actually. And he said, anxiety is not from the Lord. And so one passage I always go back to when I get anxious about something is, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And that's in mm. the Gospel of Matthew. Amen. And I always go back to that because I do think that, you know, this isn't to say that sometimes God calls us out of our comfort zone and we're nervous about it. That's not to say that 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 doesn't happen. But I think when we are acting in the will of the, of the Father, he is going to give us a sense of peace. And so just like you said, that's usually kind of where I bring my my emotions into it because our inclinations and our passions they are disordered from the fall. So I know I can't rely on that, but if I have a sense of kind of what God's asking me to do, right. I do usually ask him to affirm it right. with a sense of peace or affirm it in my in my emotions and my yeah. feelings. Having a sense of peace in that decision doesn't mean you won't still be a little nervous. I think there's a distinction between right. anxiety and feeling nervous that there are many decisions that the Lord has called us to do that do take a, a degree of courage. So Kara and I give, give talks and, and whatnot in parishes. And, you know, we've talked about this many times that it always comes with a sense of nervousness ahead of time, oh, def- yeah. despite the fact that we do this all the time. Like days ahead of time, right, yeah. just nervous. Um, but we're grateful for that nervousness because it reminds us that we can't do this on our own. Yeah. We need the Lord's strength. We need him working in and through us to be able to do this. So, It's I think like what St. Paul says, his strength is perfected in my weakness. Amen. And in a certain sense, that, that nervousness is, is a reminder of the peace. 
yeah. for me. That's yeah. that's my experience. No, it. me too. Yeah. Gary, you mentioned um, the enemy and the anxiety he stirs. And I, I, I heard a priest refer to it this way. Uh, you know, he's talking about the importance of being in sanctifying grace and uh, as a guide, but also how even in sanctifying grace it can be difficult. And, and he said this. He said, anxiety is the way demons stir up dust to make it harder for us to see. Mm. That is a, is, is a really good point. Uh, so what are some ways we can cause that dust to settle where we can have clarity and see things as God does? Well, that's some of the practical tips we're going to get here in a moment. But I, I think one of those things, this is one of the tips he had. Um, so, And I, 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 I think this is an excellent decision. I think, Kara, you and I tend to do things like this. Um, after hearing this, I thought, man, I want to do that more. So uh, he says, when you have to make a decision between two things— Make two holy hours, one yeah. praying for the one decision and one praying for the other. Mm-hmm. And in that process, pray that God would give the peace, settle the dust, and provide the clarity. Uh, I just thought that was, that's an amazing thing. You know, going a little more practical here, uh, care, taking a walk tends to be something that provides me clarity. I'm one of those people that uh, I have to walk when I pray. And yeah, you I pace. Find, yeah, yeah, and I find comfort in that. Like, that is the time when my mind seems the clearest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worn out all the carpet in our house probably, but um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it works. So, Kara, we started by talking about St. Ignatius of Loyola, and he lays out some really good tips for making decisions. Uh, as we get ready to close out the show, uh, should we unpack some of his tips for making decisions? Yeah, I think that'd be good. So. The first method that he gives, and this is probably the, the only one that I'm going to share because it's the only one that I've used in my own life, um, it is exactly kind of what we've both been saying. So place the problem before God, which is going to adoration, which is placing it in front of the Blessed Sacrament, which is offering up that sacrifice for a Mass. Um, always keep in mind the things that St. Ignatius said, that we are created for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. So our intention should always be towards the end. And the end is ultimately eternal life with God. Beg God to move our will and make it clear what he wants. Because I said, if you want to do God's will, you will. But we have to have an active participation of our will, which Mm -hmm. is our you know, our acting agent within ourselves to make a decision. So ask God to move your will to make it clear what he wants you to do. And we have to set aside kind of our own our own desires, our own passions. Um, and then go through like a pros and cons. So talk about advantages, disadvantages. And this isn't necessarily economic. So like, well, this one clearly pays more. So that's a pro. But it's about salvation. It's going back to St. Ignatius's two points. That's our pros and cons. And then... Um, choose according to your greater inclination of reason. What is more reasonable? Not what's not what feels better. Again, because we said sometimes that those hard decisions are not going to be the easy path. God isn't going to submit his will to what makes us feel good. And so we want to act according to reason, not according to our emotions. And then place that choice that we have decided on before God in prayer. And then in that moment, you can ask him to affirm it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the method that St. Ignatius gives. One other tip that I would say is sometimes you can add to your prayer intention a practical side. I'm a super practical person. 
so sometimes this gets in the way when it's like don't choose the easy path and it's like yeah but but that's practical like (laughs) but i think there is that that reality that sometimes god speaks to us in the mode of the receiver and my mode of reception is practicality so sometimes i do ask god you know if this is the job that you want or if this is the school you want me to go to take away that scholarship or close that door and he has done that in the past for me where he's made it pretty obvious like nope that's not where i want you to go mm-hmm. yeah another good tip Kara, i think is four thoughts this is from Mike, father mike schmidt so we have to give him credit but i just thought this was awesome so i want to share it to you i can't do it better so i'm not going to try <laughs> um uh, in, in making decisions he articulates it this way and i i think this goes well with Kara's testimony from earlier. If God has not said clearly, do this or don't do that, you have to ask yourselves four questions. So if this is not a matter of uh, faith and morals, if this is one of those types of situations you're finding yourselves in where you're trying to make that decision between two good things, as Kara mentioned. Uh, The first question is, is this a good door? Is this a good door? So it's nothing that's inconsistent with our faith. There's nothing wrong there. So, okay, so that's a yes. Let's go to the next one. Is this an open door? So is this something that I can actually do? So, Kara, I'm I'm five foot eight, and there's <laughs> a pounds. Um, <laughs> the NBA is not an open door for me. Mm-hmm. It, it never was, honestly. Um, so that is not... An open door so I don't need to discern whether God has called me to be a basketball player that right. door was shut uh, pretty much from birth right so um, but if if it was an open door if the answer was a yes is this a wise door knowing who I am where I've been and who I want to be is this a wise decision and that's where that counsel is going to come in that's where spending time in prayer and adoration is this wise for me will it be good for me will this cause harm? Am I going to be away from my family too much? All those kind of things are going to fall in here. If your answer is yes to that, then you can go to the final question. Is this a door that I want? Do you actually want to go through that door? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the last question. I just love how he articulates this because in my experience of making those difficult decisions, I think in a lot of ways this has been my experience every single time. Um, So I do want to share that because I think it's helpful to apply this advice to our own lives. And maybe we can, Kara, let's put uh, Father Mike Schmidt's video in the show notes for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Another good tip, Kara, I think, is seeking counsel from those who have been where you're discerning going. Mm -hmm. Um, Advice, what uh, what would they do in your situation? Uh, And counsel, asking for counsel is basically saying share with me from your wisdom so that I can make the right choice I think seeking counsel care that's what you mentioned in your uh, in your testimony from earlier yeah. um, even if even if you did yell at me to tell me what I thought <laughs> it was a uh, nice <laughs> it gentle was a nice, yell <laughs> in your defense it was a nice yell so uh, so that's the, but that's an important step I think oftentimes we're afraid to ask for help yeah and, and we need to be willing to do that as well. Yeah, when I'm kind of struggling with really anything in my life, kind of my go-to for comfort but also seeking counsel is music. And Fred, I know that you're kind of similar. We both mentioned music in our episode, Why Are You Catholic? And that's the episode where we talk about our testimonies. And we share how much music has impacted our life. And I was listening to a song last night 
It's called Scars. So if you've never heard of it, go listen to it. I forget who it's by. Who's it by? Do you remember? I am they. I am they. Let's put it in the show notes. Okay. All right. All the things in the show notes this episode. We're going to put this one as well. But you need to listen to it because it's really good. But one of the lyrics that stood out to me is the chorus. It says, I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. We all have moments in our lives or our past or maybe you're actually in the midst of one now where you have an open wound in your life. But eventually wounds heal and, and they become scars. And that's kind of the point of this song where it's talking about those hurtful moments. And I truly believe that, you know, those moments in our life, they shape us. And the song is most directly talking about like moments of suffering and hurt. But I think it does apply to decisions because our decisions help to shape us. And I can think back to many moments in my life where I'm struggling in the midst of making a choice or it's too late and I've made one and I can't take it back and I'm stuck in feelings of regret or guilt. In the moment, I wasn't aware of God's presence. I didn't see the good in that moment. But now, where I am now, I look back at those moments and every one of them has shaped me to who I am. And they've shaped my relationship with God. The lyrics continue, uh, and they say, I know they'll always tell me who you are, talking about the scars. But in this case, I'm talking about our choices. And I think our choices also tell us who God is because it tells us about his love and his, his mercy and his divine and fatherly care for us because he's there in the midst of those choices. Even if we make the wrong one, he's there working. And so I thank God every single day that he worked in my sin, and he used those moments of weakness and, and selfishness for his glory because they ended up bringing me to him. And so I want to encourage you to take a moment after listening to this episode and reflect on your life. Look to moments of difficulty or moments of joy and triumph in, in doing God's will and reflect, where was God in this? And then give him thanks for him working in them. And if this isn't you, if you can't look back and see God in the midst of moments or, or see how each choice led you to God, I want to encourage you right now. Invite God into your heart. Invite him into your life. Because when we do that, he will make everything so clear. He will make the path straight. And he will transform you. Past, present, and future, he will transform you.